From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the SIC PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down all those Boise metro area schools. Brandon Bainey with Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. You know, it's exciting because we finally have our first set of two-a-days. You know, practices have, have started, and a week from now, we're, we're going to be right in the middle of getting ready for competition. You know, we talked about what do we do this week because we got a couple of little little while till we start things going, but it's not that long. August 21st, we get going. We got Highland taking on Rocky Mountain. I mean, that's a preview of last year's playoff game. So we've got playoffs basically in August. It's, it's unbelievable how they're starting off with a bang. So we'll talk about that and a lot of other things. But what we want to do today is as far as 5A and 4A SIC goes for Southwestern Idaho, we want to talk about we want to talk about the contenders right now. The guys are going to be right there at the end, or at least should be. And then next week, I want to talk about some of the dark horses that I think are going to make a run at things. Just kind of like Emmett was last year. Nobody gave him a chance. All of a sudden, there they were. They made it all the way to the state final before losing to Skyline. So, you know, teams like that, do we have any others like that? But for now, we're going to go with kind of the guys that everybody's picking to be right there when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think this is a great uh, way to do it. We're going to kind of go over the the big uh, teams at the top of the pecking order, and then next week some of those teams that could sneak through the cracks. Uh, you know, we talked about this, and we've, we've joked about it, but I'll, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Wayne. It's Rocky Mountain's world, and we're all just living in it. Well, when you take a look at what they've done the last three years, Brandon, they've lost one game in three years. That's it. They lost one game. They went 9-0 last year. They won the championship. They beat Rigby. The team, by the way, I picked to win the championship last year, and I did so not because I didn't think Rocky was that good, but because the game was played in Rexburg. And anytime that a team from over in the western part of the state goes over to the eastern part of the state, first of all, you got weather issues that you can play with. But, you know, we know how tough it is to win in Holt Arena. I also know how tough it is to win, you know, at playing Rigby pretty much on their home turf. Well, you know, it's not Rexburg. It is pretty much their home turf. So I picked them, but still Rocky Mountain won that game 17 to 14. And they are right there again, like nine and oh last year. Now, Chris Kulig in his fifth year as head coach, he's kind of got things going. And if you look at the preview that we posted on IdahoSports.com, you will see that I included all the players that Rocky Mountain lost last year. And that was not to make you cry for Rocky Mom, because as you said, they just have new guys coming back in. And so they're right back at it again. They've got everybody and they got a lot of good people back. And so they're going to be tough. They'll be right there. Yeah. And that back to that 5A championship game last year. We're going to start with the 5A schools and then we'll and then we'll talk about those four. Sure, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that that championship game last year, Wayne. Uh, you mentioned Rocky Mountain beat Rigby seventeen to fourteen, and that was a game that I think if you talk to Rigby fans, they feel like, hey, we gave that one away. They had multiple turnovers in the first half. They threw a couple of interceptions. They had a couple of backbreaking fumbles that Rocky Mountain was able to capitalize on. Rocky jumped out to a fourteen uh, nothing lead, and it was in the second half that Rigby switched quarterbacks and actually made a comeback. And so, uh, Rocky not taking away from their title last year it was well-deserved and, and they went undefeated, which is incredibly difficult. But if you talk to Rigby fans, they felt like that was theirs last year, last year and they gave it up. Well, knowing that I picked Rigby, okay, over the whole thing, to win the whole thing, I'm kind of a woulda, coulda, shoulda guy. 
Right. What it could have, should have, you know, you can sit there and go back and take a look at it and say, oh man, if we only did this, or if we didn't have that turnover, or if we didn't have that bad call from the official, if we didn't have this, uh, poor babies, you know, <laughs> what it could have, should have, you know, it is what it is. And it's all in the books now and Rocky Mountain won it and everybody knows it. And, and you may be right. Rigby may have been the better team last year, but the bottom line is that Rocky put it together when they needed to, they made it stand up 17, 14, and now they've got to come back and try to defend their championship. And when you look at what they've done the last three years, as I said, right off the get go, they've lost one game in three years. They've had two undefeated seasons in those three years. That's unbelievable. That's hard to do. Yeah. And, and that's a testament to the coaching staff. You know, you talked about coach Kulig and uh, you know, he's only been the head coach for five years, but he was the yeah. defensive coordinator for so many years prior to that. So it was really a seamless transition in terms of, taking over the reins of the program. We, you look at all the successes, especially in 4A, when you take a look a little later on in this podcast about 4As, you're going to see coaches that have been there 25, 15, you know, 17 years. It's that consistency of coaching. I mean, the next team I want to talk about in a moment is Mountain View. And you're talking about, you know, Judd Benedict, who's now in his 15th season with the Mavericks. That kind of consistency, and as you talked about Coach Kulik, Five years as head coach, but he's been there before. The kids know who he is. They know what he wants out of them. He knows what to expect from them. And so that kind of stuff always just breeds success. Yeah, let's talk about Mountain View. They were a team that kind of scuffled in the shortened regular season, but really found their stride once the playoffs happened and, and found themselves in the semifinal round once again. Here's that woulda, coulda, shoulda thing. Woulda, they had a different schedule. You know, when you start open up, you open up against Rocky and then you play Eagle and then you play Meridian and you're 0-3, just like that. You know, is that a bad thing? Well, yeah, it's a horrible thing if you're Mountain View, but it's not totally unexpected. I mean, you've got three teams that Eagle and, and Meridian and Rocky Mountain that are pretty darn good and you're opening up against them and you're not sure what you have. And that's what they did last year, went 0-3 and then, of course, started to win, ended up 6-4 and on the season, got into the playoffs and whatnot. But you know what? They, ret they returned three all-SIC first-teamers and Braden Garrison, a linebacker. Uh, Austin Schultzmeyer is also an offensive lineman and Aiden Whipple, at uh, a defensive back. So they've got three all-conference players coming back. You can't feel too bad for them. They are really uh, a team that I think Judd Benedict knows how to handle. Uh, it's all about, as he, he says all the time, horns up. That's what they like to say about Mountain View, horns up. So um, they're, they're, they're going to be a good team. They're going to be to contend with. But again, they open up against Meridian right off the get-go. They play Rocky Mountain in week two. So, again, they're going to have to. And if you when you talk to Judd, Coach Benedict said, we've got to get over that early season schedule. It's a tough one. We don't have an easy team. I don't want to, you know, take anything away from any team, but you would rather open up maybe even against a Bora this year, you know, or even against a Boise or maybe a Timberline. Yes, those teams can be dark horses. They can be good. They can have things come at you. But when you open against the best in the league, Right off the get-go, you've got to open up the best that you are all year long. And we know how that goes. Teams get better as the season goes on. Yeah. And one quick note on Mountain View. I think what was most impressive about their playoff run last year was early in the playoffs, they lost their starting quarterback to injury. And they had to turn yeah. to a backup that really hadn't played much all year. And despite that, they were still able to, to advance in, into the postseason, which I thought was really impressive. 
Yeah, again, and that just goes to show you the talent that's there. I mean, I have to, I have to add a personal note. When I was a senior in high school, every, we had a really, really good team. I, I grew up in Danbury, Connecticut, and we had a great team. Everybody said we were the team to beat, and so they did. You know, not everybody beat us, but basically we were the team to beat in the league, but we did not live up to that expectation. We just not come together. And the problem is we were all senior, a senior-laden team. We all graduated. And the next year, the backups that we had won that state championship in Connecticut. So you never know who's right behind you, how good they are, what they can do. And that's what both Rocky Mountain, Mountain View does. Just when you think, hey, they've lost this key player, they've got a player that may be even a little bit better coming back at you. Well, and you mentioned uh, in your time covering the Nebraska Cornhuskers, the, the old saying was, you know, don't don't hope that the starting running back gets hurt because the backup might be better, right? Well, exactly. We talked about Mike Rogier, who won the Heisman, and his backup was, you know, Roger Craig, who played for so many seasons with the 49ers in the NFL. So, yeah, you're right. And Roger Craig had that high knee action that could get you in trouble, and he came right at you. He was a, one of the toughest runners I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. So in the 5 ASIC for football, there's 12 teams. So they've split it into two divisions, the Foothills Division and the River Division. And it's not yep. split based on school district or geography. They kind of basically said, we'll try and split the talent as equally as possible. And this has been two or three years in the works. And the, and the thinking was Rocky Mountain and Mountain View are always so good year in, year out. So we're going to put them in separate divisions. And while on surface, that looks nice. I'll tell you all of a sudden, your third contending team, Meridian, looks mm -hmm. like they are ready to challenge for the top spot in, in their division. You know, it's really hard to tell. I got to be honest with you. John Zamberlin, of course, he's one of those high school coaches that's really until Meridian never coached high school. He was always a college coach. You go, he was most recently at Idaho State University and things like that, but he's been all over the place, but now coaching at Meridian. So he's, as most college coaches, he's pretty close to the vest. And so when you ask him about his team, he says, ah, we don't really talk about that. Well, what about defense? Oh, we don't really talk about that. Well, what do you think? The, you know, we just don't talk about that. Coach, what do you do talk about? Well, we're going to go out there and we're going to give it a the college try, you know. But you're right. They, 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 they returned six players from second team all SIC from last year's four and three team. Uh, they've got Malachi Martinez, a quarterback. And he played last year. So whenever you get your quarterback back, you know, he's got a couple of good wide receivers. Davis Thacker is there. Quinton Riley is there. Those guys caught passes from Martinez last year. So they know what they're doing. When you've got that in the fray, you got to feel pretty good about what you're doing right off the get-go. Now, remember, Meridian does open up against Mountain View. And so that's, you know. But other than that, Meridian opens against Mountain View. Their final regular season game is against Rocky Mountain. So they got some of the big hitters at the front, big hitter at the back, and in between a little less, uh, you know, tough schedule, if you will. Yeah, it's part of that theme that you mentioned, playoffs in August, right? So many yeah. great games right well, out of the gate. The one thing we didn't talk about going back to Rocky, and I, I hate to jump back there, but that big game with Highland at Holt Arena at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday, August 21st, how huge is that to start that off? I mean, that is like who made that scheduled and who who agreed to it? Both, both teams, you got to hand it to the coaches, the athletic directors, and everybody to say, yeah, let's get the season off to a, a bang with a big old game at Holt Arena inside 630 and have Rocky Mountain and Highland, two of the best teams year after year after year in the state of Idaho going after each other. 
Yeah, it almost reminds me of the uh, like the SEC in college football where they front load the schedule with these, you know, like Alabama will go play mm-hmm. Texas in week one. And then later in the year, they won't play anybody of consequence. And they kind of front load the schedule that way. It's kind of what yeah, it reminds seeing, me of. We're seeing that more and more, aren't we, in, in college ball where you got big games early on. And then all of a sudden in week six, you go, oh, why are these guys, why, is they, why are they playing this team? What's going on here? Right. Uh, but you're right. It gets our interest perked. And, I mean, we're going to have our interest perked right there on the 21st. I'm going to be watching. That's for sure. Yeah. Meridian's going to be a, a good quality contender as well. I think Davis Thacker was a starting forward on that state championship basketball team and he can jump out of the gym. He's a great wide receiver. No doubt about it. They've so. got some athletes. That's for sure, Brandon. And, and of course, let's not forget about Eagle. Right. You know, uh, John Hartz is in his third season there. Now the big problem with Eagle is they lost a kid named Ben Ford. Ben Ford was all everything. He is something else again. So how do you do that? You know, they they made it to the playoffs last year. They lost to Rigby 35-28. Ben Ford was a playmaker. They hung with Rigby. Again, the Trojans losing, you know, winning a, a close game there, losing that other game to Rocky Mountain in the championship. But, boy, I tell you what, Eagle could get right back in there. And, you know, they've got a couple. they got a running back, Ethan Makita, who's pretty good. And so they, even though Ben Ford's gone, they can come back at you. Donovan Jones, a tight end that the Mustangs have. He's pretty darn good. So I think Eagle could be a factor. Rocky Mountain, definitely the favorite. I think Meridian Mountain View, real toss-up to me, and Eagle right there on the cusp. And if John Hartz can get that team playing and forget that they lost Ben Ford, Eagle could make some surprises. Now, Eagle opens up against one of the better 4A teams. In fact, the team that's picked to win the 4A SAC championship, Bishop Kelly. So, you know, you're jumping down to 4A, but I wouldn't call it a jump down when you're Eagle having to play at BK. Yeah, and and we'll get to BK in just a second. I just want to point out those four teams that you listed as kind of the four top teams. Yeah. uh, If if things shake out, three of those teams are in one division. Rocky Mountain, Eagle, and Meridian are all in one division, while Mountain View is in the other division. So you're talking about when playoff seeding comes around, a really good team is going to be a low seed, and they're going to have to be road warriors. Yeah, and that, and we know what the road means in Idaho. It, there is no easy road in Idaho, and so we'll see what happens. I mean, if you have to go up north, that's going to be tough. If you have to go over to the east, it's tough. Not as tough, but uh, we've seen year after year after year where teams from southwest Idaho, they go over to Pocatello or Idaho Falls, and it's not a good thing for the teams from southwest Idaho. You know, and that says a lot to the, the talent that they have in eastern Idaho, and, of course, Coeur d'Alene and those teams have so much talent. Uh, it's not all down here. Part of the issue that you have here that I've always noticed that the more schools you get, the more you kind of divide it up and divide that talent up. We're going to talk about it next week a little bit. Jack Payne leaving Boise, a 6'5", you know, quarterback and heading over to Waihe, a brand new school. So all of a sudden Boise now scrambling for a QB and see what they can do there. Mike Altieri has his issues, but um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. You don't want to go on the road first week in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah, Hawaii will definitely be one of those dark horse teams. And I think the, the thinking is, is that eventually they will start to pull some of those Rocky Mountain kids as well, since they are right next to each other in the West Ada School District. You yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to watch over the next couple of years. Okay, let's switch to the 4ASIC. You mentioned it. Bishop Kelly comes in as the consensus favorite, a team that got to the quarterfinals last year, and the rushing attack is going to be strong as ever. Well, it is. And, of course, the biggest thing they've got going for them is a guy named Tim Brennan. He doesn't play, doesn't suit up, doesn't do anything. He just wears his hat 
as a coaching cap on the sideline, but he's been there 26 years. This is his 26th season. They were seven and two last year. Tim Brennan's a great coach. Uh, here is a number that I want you to remember. They've got 60 juniors and seniors out for varsity. So a total of 60 juniors and seniors, forget the sophomores, forget the freshmen, seniors and juniors out there for varsity. They've got depth on defense, depth on offense. And yes, they lose players every year, but, and they've got a quarterback battle this year. They've got Colin Dempsey and Hadley Smith going after each other. And quite frankly, uh, Brandon says they're both so good, Brandon, that he may end up using a two quarterback system, you know, throw them in there, not be afraid given a situation. So, you know, how tough is it? How tough is it when you've got that kind of talent, that kind of depth, and you got a coach that's been around 26 years, quarter of a century, and so, you know, BK is going to be tough. They, and even though they open up against Eagle right off the get-go, they 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 relish that challenge. They look forward. They say, bring on those 5A guys. We want them. Yeah, uh, and I know they have Seth Knott coming back at running back as well, who was one of the best rushers in, in 4A yeah. last year. You know, the quarterback position I think is going to be interesting because I think that's all that BK was really missing last year. They had such a good team, and and Keegan Cretel was the quarterback, and he he was good, but he was more of an athlete playing quarterback. You know, he was an all-conference wide receiver, and they made the decision to move him to quarterback. And uh, at times it just looked a little off. Um, and I think that was the one thing BK was missing. And with so many guys coming back, I'm really excited to see how things look for BK this year. Yeah, and of course, BK wants to get back in action because they lost in the quarterfinals to Century. And so that wasn't a happy, they weren't happy campers about that. They felt they should have won that game again. That would have, could have, should have thing, but they did not. So they're excited about getting back. They ended up seven and two last year. And they are, they, they're one of those schools that will be good year in, year out. And as long as Tim Brennan is calling the shots there, uh, you watch out. They're going to be a contender. As you mentioned, the number one pick by the coaches in the SIC 4A. Which is surprising considering you have Emmett, a team that got all the way to the championship game last year. They're, they're bringing back Caden Young, the 4A player of the year in the entire state at quarterback, and some good weapons around him. So Emmett uh, probably feeling a little slighted, and maybe that's the motivation they need. Biggest problem with them is they lost 25 graduated players. Okay. Congratulations to them that they graduated 25 seniors. I mean, that's, that's great. But when you've got a senior laden class like that, you graduate 25 and get this Brandon, 16 of those were all conference of some sort. So that's a lot of talent to get off of there. You mentioned Caden Young. He's a senior quarterback. His numbers were phenomenal last year. I mean, if he was a college kid, he'd be in up for the Heisman Trophy because he passed for almost 1,900 yards. He rushed for over 1,500 yards, and he had 37 touchdowns. That's a phenomenal performance by Caden Young. And Coach Rick Hargett, who's in his fourth season, he tells me that Young is bigger, faster, and stronger. So that's a little scary if you've got a if you're an opponent there. But then you got to look at everything. And a lot of people think at Emmett that this is a rebuilding year. But you know, Hargit doesn't know what rebuilding is. So again, I don't know exactly what they have waiting in the wings, but they did lose 25 seniors, and that's not easy to get back. So we'll see. They were 10 and 3 last year, 6-1 in conference, and they went all the way to the championship game before they lost, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> or they lost the skyline. So, you know, they had a great season, and can they repeat that? Yet to be seen. But Caden Young at quarterback's a really good start. Yeah, so you mentioned Bishop Kelly, the consensus number one team, and beyond that, there was no consensus. Every single coach had a different team, two through eight. It was really staggering to see. So we, we give Emmett the nod because they 
got on the big run last year. Right. But, but who else do you think could contend for that second place spot or maybe even challenge Bishop Kelly for the top spot? Well, when you add up all the numbers, okay, the poll read Bishop Kelly, number one, Emmett was three, Valley was number four. You're leaving out Middleton. Middleton was number two. So Bill Brock in his 22nd year, and there's that number again. I talked about, you know, Tim Brandon being there for 26 years. Talked about Middleton's Bill Brock being there for 22 years. Valley View's Lane Coffin's been there 15. So those are successful programs year in and year out for coaches that have been around for a long time. But getting to talk about Middleton, they've got a quarterback named Kai McClure. I did a couple of games last year. Kai McClure can make things happen. And the philosophy really from Bill Brock is simple. Give Kai McClure, just draw it up if you have to in the sand and let Kai McClure figure out how to make it happen. Just try to get his people out there. He's got a receiver that is one of the best receivers in the state in Tyler Medeiros. Tyler Medeiros can make it happen. And if you watch him on the basketball court, you see why. You know, when they're in a uniform, they get the helmet on, you go, oh, that's pretty good. But when you see him in shorts and they're on the basketball court and they're right there in front of you, you realize what a talent they are. Tyler Medeiros is just a stud all the way around. He can make it happen. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then they got a Tanner Ford at linebacker who was all SIC last year. They've got size. They've got experience. You know, depth may be a little bit of an issue, but uh, but we'll see. Middleton was picked number two. We'll see what they can do. Uh, I think they felt like they could have won a couple more games last year. Didn't quite make it happen. Yeah, they had a real up and down season. Got into a lot of shootouts. I know they had some high scoring games. That's for sure. Tyler, yeah, uh, Tyler Medeiros is going to be a Division One college basketball player somewhere. And I love the fact that he didn't let that deter him from playing football. A lot of times, those those basketball prospects say, "Yeah, you know what? I don't want to get hurt. I'm just going to." focus on but he's like let me let me go out there and play football let's see what can happen i love that i love the multi-sport athletes yeah he's a nice kid in, in fact we were locked out of middleton trying to do one of the you know last year was kind of crazy so they had the school locked up he had the COVID thing and the whole bit and tyler came and he got to the door and he goes i know the way in and i followed him in so he actually ran some interference for me to get me into the school so tyler's my my good buddy now but tyler Medeiros is going to do a great job you're right on the on the basketball court he's fantastic on the football field he is a difference maker no question about it yeah absolutely so bishop kelly middleton emmett the top three teams and then valley view got the fourth place spot in the coaches poll and they actually bring back quite a few talented players from a playoff team a year ago they did they got a quarterback named casey cope he, he is going to be really something and then uh, santiago diaz is their running back uh so they've got some really good all sic players coming back casey cope's great you know lane kiffin as i mentioned 15 years of the coach there they were five and four the falcons were last year Here's the deal with the Falcons. They run a very different offense than anybody else. I mean, they you have to a lot of a lot of coaches will build their offense around the talent they have. Lane Kiffin builds his talent around his offense. So he's going to find a running back that's going to be out there. He's going to find a quarterback that can run. They've got to have people because they are going to run that ball and run it and run it and run it. And then when you least expect it, they'll throw it. They're kind of like playing Air Force in the college ranks. You know, they don't play that option offense. I mean, they do a little bit. It's a different option. But they will run the football right down your throat, and they will control the clock. And the next thing you know, the game's over, and you are a loser. So uh, Valley View is a good job doing that. They've done that year after year after year. Casey Cope coming back, that's the key right there. He's the trigger man. He can make it happen. I see Valley View really struggling a little bit this year because they lost some key players. 
They, that's why the coaches put him in fourth place. But you know what? If I were a coach, I'd rather be picked fourth and not have that pressure on me than to be picked to be the team to beat. Because I told you what happened to my team when that happened. So That's right. It'll be fascinating because the top four teams we've kind of pegged in the 4ASIC, two of them, Bishop Kelly and Valley View, really run dominant. And the other two, Emmett and Middleton, they kind of spread it out and they'll hit you with the pass. Yep. So contrasting styles. Well, it's interesting too. Emmett's going to open up against Boise High School. So they're open up, you know, against a 5A team. As I mentioned, BK plays Eagle. That's a 5A school. Middleton's going to go against Elko, Nevada. I don't know much about Elko, but Elko's going to come up here and play at Middleton. That'll be interesting. And Valley View goes down the road. They play at Twin Falls. So those four teams, you know, pretty interesting opening weekends, all those games on Friday night, August 27th. So, you know, just a couple of weeks away now or a little less than a couple of weeks away and with that big game on the 21st between Highland and Rocky Mountain looming right there to get things off. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more next week as we oh, are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're close. We are close to actual football. This was good, Wayne. I like this kind of breaking down the teams that were at the top of the coaches' polls, teams that we think are going to contend, and next week the dark horses, the teams yeah. that could surprise. Yeah, I like that. You know, and I don't want to give anything away. And then, of course, uh, you know, then after next week, we have our first games. And so we're going to be giving away, you know, some uh, some stars, and some some banners and some stuff that let people know who had a good game, what happened, you know. So it'll be fun here. I'm looking forward to see how things really shape, you know, shape out and things start working out here. I think it's going to be interesting. I feel like we're going to have some surprises uh, in doing the previews that I did. Don't forget, go to, if you want to, go to previews on the nav bar and look at the 5A SIC, 4A SIC as well. Uh, but go there and check it out. The only one I haven't had yet, and I, I call them as, you know, Sherman Blaser at Hawaii, but I think Hawaii, look out. I, I think Coach Blaser is being a little bit quiet because I don't think he wants everybody to know what he has. I think he wants to shock some people. Uh, but when you when you know you got a quarterback in Jack Payne, six foot five, the talent that he is on and on the basketball court and the football field, that's a great start for Hawaii. The storm could be uh, ruined uh, out at Hawaii, so we'll see what happens there. Well, I can't end it any better than that. That was a great uh, visual. The storm of brewing. <laughs> we'll, the storm will be brewing next week. We'll talk about them next week. That sounds good. Uh, friendly reminder, you can get this podcast a couple of ways. You can download the podcast wherever you download your podcasts from. You can get the audio at idahosports.com. You can also watch the video of this prepcast uh, on our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. It's the SIC Prepcast. Each week, we're breaking down the big stories in the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conference. All right, Wayne, practices have started. We'll start talking about actual matchups next week, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to go work out so I'm ready for next week. Okay. That you believe great. that? Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For, for Wayne back. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.